Y'all didn't know what to do with all that quiet for a minute, did you? <laughs> really, I was really struggling for you. Oh, man. Thank you, sir. We, uh, uh, as Chad mentioned earlier, we are, uh, or Ben mentioned earlier, we are uh, working through uh, what does it look like for us to be on mission uh, as a church, um, uh, and then even just constantly asking that question, even for ourselves, what does it look like uh, for us to be on mission? What's it look like for us to be missionaries? You know, the idea that uh, we are called to be missionaries wherever God has put us is this really important piece of the puzzle for our Christian life. Um, and uh, this morning, we're going to continue talking about that. Uh, in fact, I want to go ahead and ask if you've got a Bible to get it out. Uh, and if you don't, I'm going to go ahead and have our ushers bring those uh, so that uh, you can get one. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. We'd love for you to have it and consider it a gift. Uh, if you just need to borrow it, that's fine. You can return it to the bookcase on the way out. But uh, uh, we'd love for you to be able to get one because we're going to a passage today that I think is uh, majorly important for us um, to not just be familiar with as one of those stories uh, that maybe you heard in Bible school or uh, you've heard people talk about it, even if you didn't grow up as a Christian, uh, you probably heard about this story and uh, you probably wondered, you know, did that really happen? Is that really in the Bible? Yes, it's there and uh, we're talking about it today. Um, you know, I think uh, for us to, to know and see uh, that there's parts of this life that God has, that he gives us opportunities for purposes. Um, you know, we can see problems. You know, I, I, I see problems sometimes and I feel God move my heart to want to do something about the problem. I don't know if, if, if you're that way or not. Uh, but that's that's kind of the way uh, I feel like the Lord has always worked in my heart and moving me uh, toward uh, trying to figure out solutions, uh, having compassion on people, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and in this passage that we're going to study on today, uh, that that is very much what this passage is is about. That's what we see happen. Uh, only we see it with Jesus. Uh, and we see his disciples kind of hanging out, trying to figure out, you know, what's the next step constantly. Uh, and that's okay because uh, that's not really any different than us. We're just trying to figure out what's, what's the next step constantly uh, and waiting for Jesus to kind of move us on down the field. Uh, we're going to the book of Mark, and I want to go ahead and jump in this passage because I'm going to have uh, a guest with us this morning, and I don't want to take too much time away uh, from that. But Mark chapter 6 uh, and in verse 30 is, is where we're going today, and this is uh, the infamous passage of feeding the 5,000. Um, this, uh, this passage, uh, is the only one of Jesus's miracles that we see in all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the only one. Isn't that crazy? Um, and, uh, I've, I've gotten a study on all of them. Uh, and it's always, it's always fun, especially when you can find, uh, something that you're, uh, studying on and it's in all four, or at least three or whatever, where you get the different interpretations of what happened at that time, I've always said, you know, it's kind of like if you had four of your friends write about your life, uh, you're going to get all kinds of stories, right? Uh, and some of them are going to tell those stories a little differently, right? Uh, and not that they, con they don't contradict each other, but you just get different little pieces, nuances of things that happened uh, that maybe didn't stick out to the other and so on and so forth. And so, uh, you know, we definitely have that here. But uh, this is such a blessing. Let's, let's look at this. Mark 6, verse 30. 
and it says this, it says the apostles returned to Jesus. This is a calling. This is a call from God. The pain that, that he's put on my heart and taught, is a and he hungry said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. And the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when he had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties, and taking the five loaves and, two, and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set, the, set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish, talking about at the very end, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. So we know the count roughly of how many men, and that's not counting women and children. Some say it was probably 7,000 totals. I've read more recently, they probably more like 10,000 or even possibly 20,000. Just depends on, but we know it was a lot of people, okay? Um, and they all ate, and there was some left over. Um, when I'm looking at this passage, there's a, there's a couple things that stand out. When you see Jesus uh, and the disciples, they're coming away and they're going to a desolate place. Do you remember why they were going there? It was to rest for a while. In verse 31, we see that it was for them to rest for a while. And it says, for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So they're tired and they're hungry and they've got these crowds like following them everywhere they're going and they can't, they can't get a break. You know, they can't just like... You know, let's just go and like get away for a moment, get to eat, you know, get a nap, you know, let's chill out for a little bit and then we'll get back to it. We'll recharge the batteries, right? But then when they're trying to get there, the people find out where they're going and they go and they get there in front of them. They get there in advance and are waiting on them to get there like they're, you know, a band riding a tour bus waiting for groupies and they're trying to figure out which gate they're going to come in and all these things. Not that any of you have ever done that. And uh, you just found yourself guilty. And uh, then in verse 34 it says, But when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he's tired, he's hungry, but he sees them in need, and he has compassion on them. Compassion is a big thing, you know? 
I think sometimes, uh, you know, we've all been guilty of, of maybe having compassion on somebody, but then going, well, you know, there's not anything I can do for them. And sometimes there's not anything that we feel like we can do for them. But the truth is, is that we can always, we can always love, we can always care, right? We can always be a shoulder to cry on. And, you know, and I, and I think, you know, for most of us, the reasons that we don't do those things normally are because of things like what Jesus and the disciples already were. They've been busy. They're tired. They're hungry. You know? It's easy to be busy. It's easy to be too busy, too hungry, too tired to have compassion on others. Jesus had compassion on them. He tells the disciples... You know, when they come to him and say, you know, hey, it's getting late in the day here. Uh, there's nothing here. It's a desolate place, you know, and we should probably send these people out so that they can go get something to eat. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says in verse 37, he said, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. <laughs> I love that. Jesus takes a moment here to put it in the lap of the disciples and say, you minister to them. You help them right now. Don't send them out. You give them something to eat. He says, and they shall, and they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. The disciples doubted. Jesus. They doubted Jesus in the moment where he said, you feed them. You feed them. And I think this is us. So much of our life, as God may lead our hearts to do things, and at times we say to God, even if it's in the quiet of our hearts, we say, nope, not going to catch me in that, Jesus. I can't do anything for him. I don't have any food. I don't have enough money to buy all these people food. Can't do it. And we, we completely take him out of the equation in those moments. We don't have the money. We don't have the talent. We don't have the know-how. We don't have the experience. And to that I ask the question, what God do we serve? When has he ever needed any of those things from us? to do what he wants to do. This church alone has seen that more times than we've got time to talk about. My mother keeps telling me I should write a book. She's probably right. I think people probably read it and be like, well, that's a bunch of lies. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame them for believing that because it is absolutely nuts, the things that we've seen God do. And, and I say that for him to get the glory today. It's not... It's not about any one person. It's not even about us necessarily as a group of people. It's about him. It's about what he's done. It's about what he's doing. What he's continuing to do. How he's continuing to provide. We had a lady in our church that needs a car. We knew about that kind of on the DL. We threw that out to our membership here in the last week or so. Said, you know what? Uh, we're going we're to come around this family. We're going to help them. It's, you know, she's a widow. She needs the help. Got kids to transport, all these things. So what, what are we going to do? We're going to raise the money or does anybody have a car 
to give. We had two families step up and say, we got a car to give. Fort's all over with, she's got options. <laughs> right? Felt like a used car salesman. <laughs> We're just giving them, you get a car and, or you get this car, you know. It's a little different than Oprah. What God do we serve? He will take a little and make it enough, folks. He'll do it again and again and again to remind us we're not in charge. He's in charge, that we should trust in him. In the book of John in chapter 6, we have this verse that is uh, uh, from the feeding of the 5,000, but again, you know, it's one of those nuances that's not in Mark, and I don't think it's in the, actually any of the other three. Uh, but in, in John 6, 8, it says, One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? What are they for so many? Do we trust in the Lord? Do we truly trust in the Lord if he leads us to do something, if he brings us to a point of having compassion for others, will we follow him with that compassion or will we be stopped with statements like, but what are they for so many? Who are we to be able to provide a vehicle for someone in need? Who are we to help people that are struggling with things that are not the same things that we struggle with? How could we possibly help them? Things changed in the story. If you notice, Jesus gets to this place and the disciples get to this place where later in the story, after Jesus says, you know, Bring me, the, bring me the loaves, bring me the fish. In Luke 9, it says that after he told the disciples to have them sit down, it says they did so. No way did they know what was up. But they let Jesus lead. They let Jesus lead. Our lives would be so much better if we could do this. It's fine to ask God questions. It's fine. it's fine. I think, you know, God's a big boy. He can take your hard questions. It's okay to, to ask him, Lord, I, what are you doing, God? I mean, do you really want to do something here, Lord? Is that really, are, we, are you really up to something? Are you really wanting me to do this? Like, you know? But at some point, we have to trust him. At some point, we have to believe how strong is your faith? On an ordinary day, on an ordinary day, how strong is your faith? I think about all the ordinary days where God has spoke to my heart about somebody or a group of people or whatever it may be in my life. And some of those moments, I said, okay, Lord, let's go. In other moments, 
I ask questions like, who am I, God, to be even involved or a part of anything like that and turned it away? The truth is, is that we as a people, we as a church, have great opportunities to minister to others through even things like their interests. You know, some of my favorite ministry that I've ever done uh, was back in the day in East Nashville, and I was a youth pastor there, and uh, we were not far from the Nashville Auto Diesel College, and some of you have heard me talk about this a little bit, but um, uh, that was a privately owned school at that, at that point, and uh, some of these guys would end up coming to church. So a bunch of guys who work on cars would show up at our church, a bunch of young guys, and I was always driving a hot rod, and we'd always become friends, a bunch of gearheads. And uh, somewhere in the midst of that, I just recognize there's all these, all these guys and, and some gals even uh, coming to this school from literally all over the country, and most of them have know no one, and here we are in this church just down the street, and I started thinking, you know, what would it look like to have a ministry for those guys? And I thought, well, this is somewhat crazy, but I kept praying about it and talking about it and Eventually, I went down there, and I just, I just, just, you know, called down there one day and said, "Hey, you know, I'd like to meet with the with the guy in charge." <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and I go and I meet with this guy, and he's a believer. And while we're talking, and I'm talking about possible ministry opportunities that we might be able to offer and do for students of the school, he calls in another. He calls in one of the professors who'd been there a very long time. He's become a great friend. And, uh, and he comes in, and he says, hey, this is Art, Chris, this is Art, Art, this is Chris. He's like, Chris, here's a youth pastor down the street. He's like, oh, really? Turns out Art's a believer, too. He said, I want you to take him to every class in a day and give him 10 minutes. Just go in, interrupt the professors, tell them that this man's got 10 minutes to share whatever he wants to share. Can you do that? He said, absolutely. He said, what are you going to be talking about? I said, I don't know. I said, first I heard of it. <laughs> I did that, had a ton of fun. I invited him to church. We, we did a trip to the Corvette Museum, a trip to the go-kart tracks. I literally challenged every single one of them to drag race me in every class. Actually, we, I started that in like the third class, but I'm talking about like, I don't know, there's probably like 50 classes we went to that day. It was crazy, crazy long day. Started super early in the morning, went till late at night, just nuts. Got to see God just do some amazing things in the lives of people. You know, God gives us opportunities to minister to people right there in front of us. We just got to see it for what it is. A lot of times it can be not just interest, but it can be needs. God sometimes gives needs to people so that we have opportunities to minister to those needs that they might hear the gospel. I want to talk about for a little bit today one of the pieces of the puzzle that God has led us to his 24 church uh, in meeting one of those needs, and we've got a video uh, to show for that. Let's watch that now. This is a calling. This is a call from God. The pain that he's put on my heart is a hungry child is intolerable. And we have ways to fight that. So the start in the food ministry was giving food to children at school. 
who got the free uh, breakfast and the free lunch, but there was no dinner at home. And then when they left on Friday after their free lunch, they didn't eat again until Monday for their free breakfast. And we just felt like we had to do something about this. So we started making food bags that we would just take to the school so that they could put those in the backpacks on Friday afternoons so that there was at least some food to go home over the weekend. And that is where the fuel backpack program started in Cheatham County. And as the body of 24 Church, when you give your tithes and offerings, you support the food that goes to East Cheatham, Sycamore High School, Pleasant View, and Sycamore Middle School. The food pantry at 24 Church really exists to give, of course, food to people who need it. And uh, we also share the gospel along with um, anyone we encounter that needs that food. We have so many different avenues that we can help people. Food distributions on Wednesday nights, which really requires a lot of people to help us do that. But the main thing we can do really is to pray with them and to share Jesus with them. And if you feel like you don't want to pick up 30 pounds or, or mess with the bags, we get busy giving out food and we could really love um, someone to come and love on these people and pray with these people as we're filling their cars up with food. It would be nice if we had someone who was just there to pray with them. And then we also do the big food truck, which we do twice a year. The big food truck this year is March 16th and September 28th. So if you haven't heard that yet, mark your calendars for those. We need a lot of help. We also give emergency food to families who just call and say they need help. And we give food to families within our church as well. And we need volunteers for all the food distribution, but it's important to understand that the pantry is so much more than the distribution point. We go weekly to uh, Sweeter Day Farms to pick up food, and we have a team that does that. We have uh, By Faith Farms out in Jolton, and they donate food just when they have extras, and we need people to retrieve that. The biggest need, though, is Second Harvest Food Bank. So that's who we partner with to get the majority of our food sources. And we go to Nashville to pick up that food. And we need someone who has daytime availability, a pickup truck that will hold a pallet, and the ability to pick up 30 pounds and come back to our church and unload it into the pantry. And that all happens during the daytime when Second Harvest is open. We can also use more Second Harvest shoppers, not just for the pickup in the truck with the pallet, but just to go shopping. And you shop from all the food that's been donated and collected and set up in their little grocery store. We have something for everyone who wants to be involved at, at any level. We have really task-driven things, task-oriented things, where some people like to come in here and they like to kind of stay to themselves and make the bags. But we also have a lot of things for people-oriented people. So if you want to be here and talk to people and get to know people, uh, we have that too. So we just have so many different things that can be done. There's always work to be done, and we will find a way to use them in the pantry ministry. Welcome uh, Gina Newton to the stage, if you will, if you don't mind. I, I dub the queen of the Hunger Games. Oh, that's terrible. They cut people's heads off. <laughs> I've never seen it, so, you know, whatever. Don't, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you watched it. I have. I'm sorry. I, I see you've got bad memories. I'm so sorry. I really thought this was a clever nickname for you now. Thank you. So, um, Gina, I uh, asked Gina if she would uh, come uh, hang out with me uh, this morning and share with us some things uh, you know, kind of even starting out, talk talk to us about what the food ministry is. 
So I feel like that video just covered everything and I don't even have to say another <laughs> word. I was like, that was great, Jerry. Um, so the food ministry really is where we come alongside people who are just in need of food, to be honest. I mean, it's just that simple. And that's what I've said for years is it's just honestly too simple. Um, but we have people that for various needs, um, they've got medical bills, they are um, elderly, low income, who find themselves supporting grandchildren or supporting grown children who have severe medical needs. Um, we also have the hungry child that is intolerable, which is where this all started um, years ago. And um, we just are able to get that food and provide what they need in that moment. And I didn't know these things when I started, but I've learned a lot about what's called food insecurity. And that's what Second Harvest, their mission is to fight food insecurity. And food insecurity can be just as simple as you just don't have enough food for your basic needs. And, um, or you'll, you have a concern that it's going to run out before you can get more, or that you don't know where or how you will get more than what you've got right now. So um, we want to ease that need, fill that need, fill that gap. Uh, how, does, how does the ministry work? What does it look like? So, we saw some on the video. But. Yeah, that was a lot on the video covered everything. But we uh, give out food on Wednesday nights. And um, really the ministry started with a backpack program to make food bags and give that out to the schools who would then put the food in the backpacks of the kids so they'd have food over the weekend. Because we learned in the process that many children um, only eat the food that they have at school and there's really not food in their homes. And um, so they ate breakfast and lunch and would go home to no dinner that night and come back for breakfast and lunch at school. But on the weekend, they'd go about 72 hours without any food. Um, so we started there filling some bags that would go in their backpacks and take care of that need for the weekend, or at least try to ease the need. I don't know that a bag of food covered the whole thing. but um, And then along that, we got to working with Second Harvest, and they have asked us many times to pilot programs or test out programs, and they asked us to test out a Wednesday night program like what we have. And so that all became from a test of what they were wanting to do. And it just stuck with us. And their pilot is long gone, and we, we kept it. So we give out food on Wednesday nights um, to anyone who needs it. And we don't ask questions. We don't, you don't, if you say to us you are hungry, you will get food, and that's it. You have, you have people that come every Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and many of them, some of them even, like, like eager for someone to pray for them. Tell us a little bit about that. So we have about 20 families that come every Wednesday night and we just do it from six to seven. It's a one hour block and we have about 20 families that come in there. And a lot of the families are repeat families and about half a repeat, about half are new every week. And, uh, or we at least have somebody new usually every week. But we actually, one of the best parts is that yes, we meet their need of food and we are able to give them that but we get to know them and it's just an entry point of how you get to know somebody and they come back and they come back and we learn a little more and a little more and then we learn that they have a severe medical issue and, um, and we are able to pray with them about that. And then they will come back and update us and then ask for prayer about that. So that's, I just feel like, you know, we're making progress in relationships where we can have them come. and. I'll tell you, for us personally, as, as the team members and volunteers, we begin to be concerned for someone we don't see for a long time. So um, we had a, a family, and she was coming faithfully to get food. And the, the, 
The only thing that was open air about this before when we prepped was who was going to cry first, and I said it was you, so you're going to give me a second. Um, we had a family who came, and um, she had an injury. She, she was elderly, and her arm was bandaged, and you could see blood through the bandage, and we were like, do you need help? Do you need a doctor? Do you need, what do you need? And she's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she left, and we did not see her for quite some time. And um, we just prayed for her and we worried for her and you shouldn't worry, but we do it, we're humans. And, um, and then we were able to, that's when we learned to get their phone numbers. <laughs> we were like, we're getting everybody's phone number next time so we can check on these people. But so we were able to find her and check on her and she's, she's well, but we just, we, our hearts were broken for her, so. It's pretty awesome. It works in all different ways. Yeah. Um, you work with the schools. And you, do you work with anybody else outside of the church as far as organizations go? Do you ever help other organizations or anything? We do. So um, we, beca- we became involved in the backpack program, and we were able to help other churches set up a backpack program. Um, and then we also, um, we do all the ministries that we do here in our, in our food pantry, but it's also about... Um, coming alongside in partnership of other churches because it's not about 24 and it's not about us. It's about what God can do. And if you can, if you can help someone see what God can do through them, then you're just, I don't know what you're doing. You're expanding the kingdom or you're, you're pouring in or something like that. I don't know. There's probably some magic words. Um, but, but we have been able to come along other churches and we actually share the food that we get here. We, we, use our muscles and our time and our energy and we get exhausted and we're filling this pantry and then we will have an organization call and say, we're out of food. And we're like looking at our pantry and go, well, it's not empty, come over and we'll give you some. And we have organizations, um, when you get involved in this and you start to meet more people and see things and, and know other leaders, then they will say, we'll get a phone call and they'll say, we've got, we just got a grant that's way too much food for us they just delivered and we didn't use it all and they're going to deliver again on Thursday. Can you come get this food? And yes, we can. So God's provision is perfect. Honestly, that song that, I mean, I thought they were trying to kill me earlier with all the songs because I kept thinking, how is that right? What we're talking about, but, um, that his provision is perfect and, and he will never fail. And if you feel called to do something, don't think that you can't do it. Cause that's what I thought. I thought I couldn't do it. And, but it's not about that. It's about that God won't fail. And um, that the food that comes, there are some of the craziest stories of food showing up here. We've gotten a phone call on a Sunday morning. My phone rings. And if you know me, I don't answer my phone on a Sunday morning until noon. If you didn't know that, now you know that. Um, because I want to focus on worship and, 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 t- and take a break from all the work that comes through the telephone these days. And... Um, but I had a, the phone rang, and I answered this random phone call on a Sunday morning, which I never answer, which is, was God. Um, and there was a truck of groceries in another state that was the wrong order, and um, they could not restock it, but he was coming home to his brother or cousin or something here in our area from his big truck that he was driving in another state. His next stop was here. They wouldn't restock the food where he was supposed to where he got it from, it was the wrong order. They wouldn't restock it. And he said, will you take it? And we went, yes. <laughs> so God's provision doesn't look like anything we would, we would make it look like. It's 
fancy. So, oh, I want to read a card. Can I read a card? Gina rarely says no to free food. If you uh, if you haven't picked up on that in personal life and ministry, if you need to know that. <laughs> make a great preacher. Um, hey, I want to read this real quick. Go ahead. Just, just as an example, I will read a card that we got. We were helping another church, um, and, and this is just random. I pulled this off the refrigerator in the pantry this morning just thinking about this, but um, it says Christmas time, we help someone at Christmas. Christmas time is a time to reflect on God's blessings and gifts, and you at 24 Church have been a blessing to our church. Your gifts of food were so appreciated, and this was food to their pantry that they give out. Um, but most important is the encouragement and sense of community we received. God bless you at 24. So just to, I'm not making that up. We help people. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, tell me about how, how this really all began. What's your story? What, what, did, what did God do in your life to kind of lead you to this? Um, so it's, it's actually really simple. Um, and I'm an accountant, I'm just square-brained as they come, and um, it's very bad. But um, I worked in public accounting years and years and years ago, and um, they closed down the, the company for, for PR um, for us to go volunteer at Second Harvest as part of their anniversary of this big company that I worked for. Um, and I, we were just like, close the company? We're, and we worked night and day at long hours, and craziness and um we thought they're going to shut us down we're going to go sort some food at second harvest this will be a blast um and i didn't know anything about hunger i didn't know anything about what second harvest did um i just knew they you know they gave food but anyway so we go in there they want us to watch this video and i'm like we're accountants we can sort that food we don't need your video right like we know how to do this um we can do this in our sleep and, um, but we watched a video and it was all about education, about why, where hunger comes from, what causes it, what it is. And at the end, there was this part where these, there were hungry children. And in that very moment in time, God's, it's like he stamped me. It's like he said, you're going to feed these kids. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And, um, but my heart broke, and a hungry child is intolerable. It was intolerable then, it's intolerable today, and I don't think it will ever be, it will, oh, I know it won't, it won't be tolerable. But, but so that day was, was about going and having a fun afternoon, and really that's the day that my eyes were truly opened um, and my heart broken for a child that needs food. And then when you step forward in things like that, which is a really long story, and I see the clock running right there, um, that's a, that's a nice trick. Um, so literally, I always wonder how he cut it off so soon. But um, so that just start that, but that opened everything. So you start getting involved a little bit here and then a little bit there. And then it turns into Second Harvest getting you to do some pilot programs. And then you've got this ministry going. And then once we got started in the early days, they piloted this thing called a mobile food pantry. And um, it was years ago, and um, they called. I was sitting in a cubicle at work, and my phone rang, and it was Second Harvest, and they said, we're going to start this new thing. Uh, we need a couple people to pilot it. You've started this thing over here. Will you try this truck? And that was the beginning of the big food truck ages ago. Um, and we did that, and I'll never forget that day either. But it's just um, it's amazing how 
it's not, it was so scary to start. Um, I was scared I couldn't do it. Um, I was scared that there wouldn't be enough people to help. I was scared of a lot of things. Um, but we decided, um, Daniel and I decided that we would um, just move forward in it and see if we could figure it out. And as we did that, we have been fortunate enough to watch God work in so many ways, like Chris was saying earlier, that you, it doesn't even, the human mind can't fathom some of the things that are happening. And um, you just can't fail. If you've got something on your heart and God's calling you to it, and we talked about this, it's not like it's always a lightning bolt. It wasn't like that. It, it, was, not, it was not the day I watched the video at Second Harvest, the day that ministry started happening. That was a stepping stone into then learning more about hunger, then learning more about are there really, but you know, that happens in Nashville. That doesn't happen where we live. Um, is you, your brain just doesn't think it can be possible that, that it could be here near us. Um, so you learn more about hunger. And then I started asking the teachers in the schools, do you have hungry kids in your class? And these are my teacher friends. And they're like, of course I do. And I was like, how is that possible? And then I started trying to work with the school board to figure out how could we feed them, but they couldn't give me any information about who the kids were. And it was years, you guys, it was years, but there were stepping stones and there were seeds planted all along the way that when it was time to move, it was very evident that God said, I'm talking to you. You know, I, the funny thing is, is I heard about it. I learned about it. I knew these things and was learning along the way. And then there was a newspaper, not newspaper, but a newsletter, like a church, churches used to mail newsletters out to people. And there was a little paragraph in there that said, we've learned about this way that might help feed some children in our community. And I clipped it out and I put it in my purse. And I said, as soon as somebody starts that, I'm going to help them. <laughs> and I carried that around in my purse for a while. It came back out in the newsletter again. I clipped the second article and put that with the first article in my purse and carried it around. You had a collection. I had a collection of articles. And then one day I honestly heard God say, I am talking to you. And I love Gideon in the Bible. If you, My family knows the story, but if you don't know the story, Gideon is my favorite in the Bible because... When God told Gideon he was going to be a mighty warrior and he was going to, you know, I think it's the Midianites, don't quote me on all this, that he was going to give into his hands and stuff. And, and he laid out, I don't know what he laid out. He laid out something on the ground. It was a skin of some sort. And then he said, okay, God, if you're really talking to me, then I want you to put dew on the ground, but don't get the skin wet, okay? And the next morning he woke up and there was dew on the ground and the skin was dry. And this is, this is exactly where I was. And, and he goes, are you sure you're talking to me? <laughs> Let's try this again. Can I ask one more thing? Okay, now can you make the ground dry and the skin wet? And he woke up the next morning and the ground was dry and the skin had dew on it. And he was like, okay, I hear you now. So that it's okay to be that way. It's okay to wonder what in the world. It's okay to think, it's okay to ask God, what are you, what are you talking about? How could this be possible? Um, because it's, it's possible because God will never fail. We sing that. God will never fail, and um, we might fail here and there along the way or learn things as we go, but he's not going to fail, and um, it's just a wonderful thing to be used by God. It's a, it's, a, it's a real thing. So you saw a need. Mm -hmm. You had compassion. Mm -hmm. You were scared. Yes. 
And I think that those are the steps that most people go through and the things that God begins to move their hearts about. What would you say to someone that is scared about something that maybe God's leading them to do? Um, I would say to pour your heart out to God. Um, there's nothing that you're thinking that he doesn't already know. He's already looked down and said, I'm going to pick that, that girl right there. Um, so he knows, and you're trying to figure out, and he'll help you figure it out. Um, the thing that I was the most scared of was just not being able to do it. And I honestly felt like I didn't have time. I didn't, um, I worked a lot. I had a young, Loretta wasn't even here yet. So um, it was, it just was overwhelming. I, how, how could this even be a thing? And, um, and so every time, you, you guys need to know this because so many of you help in this ministry. Like I see all the faces and by the way, y'all look great. Um, literally, I, I see all the people and I see every hand that comes and touches food or picks up food or bags food or gives money or prays for us or prays for people. If you're involved in any way, you are an answer to my prayer. Um, you know, we're answering their prayers as they come and receive food, but you're answering my prayer to God. I cannot do this by myself. And I said, you, I'm going to try and you've got to send people. And he sends all of you. And it's amazing. And, and it's been happening that way for a long time. But I would just tell you, pour your heart out to God and just start to work through it and see what those stepping stones look back and see, has there been seeds planted? Can you see those things? Um, and if it stays on your mind and it stays on your heart and it just won't seem to let you go, then that could be God talking. And I, and I, I see heads nodding right now. And it's really kind of funny because I just think this is a thing that there could be seeds being planted right now. You could be hearing this and going, okay, and there are some of you, the seeds are there and you can see them and you're going, okay, I need to figure this out more. But for some of you, you're actually ready. And your thing, your ministry and what God's called you to has got 2024 20, written all over it. And it's time to go. We call that go time. It's go time. <laughs> yeah, you have an amazing team of people. I, mm -hmm. I'm in and out a lot of Wednesday nights, meetings and different things or whatever. Um, and uh, it is just amazing to watch the people I see. I see micro churches coming mm -hmm. uh, to to help with this. You just individuals coming. Uh, by the way, thank you to all of you who are so very faithful. God bless you uh, all. At, at this ministry, much less uh, Gina. Um, but um, you know, if somebody wanted to get involved, mm. uh, you know, what are, what are the needs? I mean, I know you talked about you really do need somebody with a truck mm -hmm. to help go get food, like a pallet or something like that they put. So we have a very faithful person who goes and picks up our food at Second Harvest. Um, but that involves picking up a pallet of food. It's 950 pounds. Um, and we need someone specifically who can come alongside of this person and help them when they can't go and then help them when they do go. But um, you've got to have a pickup truck. This is very specific. So if you're a note taker, here, get ready. You need a pickup truck. You need um, daytime availability. We usually go at 8 or 8.30. You make an appointment to go pick it up. you got to have a tarp and be able to tarp the food in the back of your truck to bring it back here and you've got to be able to come back here and unload it, which is 950 pounds. But it's usually about 30, 10 to 15, 30 pounds each of the boxes. Um, one was 45 pounds, and I thought I was going to fall over the day I picked it up. <laughs> um, some of the boxes are very heavy. Some of them are not heavy at all. 
Um, but you unload that into our pantry. And then so because giving out the food is the easy part. It's keeping the pantry full um, behind the scenes. That is really where the, the food need is. But you can get involved on Wednesday nights by showing up and just if you just want to walk in the door on a Wednesday night, we usually arrive about 545. Come on. Um, we do have micro churches that have different teams. You, you can build a team. You can join a team. And those, so it's not a burden for anybody. We do it once a month. The teams that give out food on Wednesday night do it once a month. Um, and so we kind of keep it spread out. We have needs to build some teams that we don't have right now. So I'd love a team leader or two to come up here after church. I'll sit right here in the front so you can come say, I want to be a team leader. Um, and we've just got some more things to build. And the most important thing is, is to just be ready for what else is coming because it's not... It doesn't just sit in one place. We have these things going, but there's more to come, and we've got to get things that we do um, fully undergirded with our little army of volunteers so that we are ready when God says, and now you see this. And uh, we feel like that's actually coming. So, If you can't hang around after, but you can leave your name and number mm-hmm. uh, at the front desk on your way out and say, you know, food ministry, whatever, you hand it to them, they'll, they'll get it to Gina, uh, and she can contact you and, and try to help get you plugged in. We've got two food trucks this year, uh, the, talking about the big food trucks. If you've never been here for this before, this, you saw some pictures of this, but it's literally a whole tractor trailer full of pallets of food that we give away. Probably takes, what, like two hours to actually give it all away, two, three hours at the most? It takes about four, Chris. I feel like it's gotten quicker over time. But. Well, that's because I'm, well, I meet the truck when it comes in the driveway. So oh, you're that, talking about like from when they get here. Yeah, I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the actual no, giving. The giving out is about two hours, yes. I'm always you're amazed correct. that we can give it all away that fast. Yes, yes. Yeah. But you know what, that's something that we never even talked about, food truck. But it's March 16th, and it got cut out in the video. So mark your calendar. It's March 16th. It takes an army to do that food truck. And that is from unloading that semi that has, you know, those pallets are 950 pounds. There's a, usually about 25, maybe 40 pallets on there, depending on what the load looks like that day. Um, we literally unload that truck. We sort all that food. We bag it and get it ready. Cars come through in a drive through line. We load cars. We register people. We pray with people. We've got, if you don't want to ever see people, we need people breaking down cardboard in the back of the parking lot because at the end of the day, if we don't break it down as we go and haul it to the dump every single time the truck gets full, we've got like four truckloads of cardboard that's sitting in the parking lot and that doesn't work for the next day for church. So there's something for everybody to do. Everybody. There's, you can do all kinds of things. And, we, and how many, about how many families do we usually give food to within that matter of a few hours? Um, it's usually around 150. Sometimes we've reached 200 families, and that usually equates to about 700 people who got food that day. But it is, it is a, it's like a grocery cart plus some of food that you're yes. giving each of these families <clears throat> as they drive through up the hill on this side of the building through the parking lot and I mean it's just it's you have a you have a, a fantastic system down for that um, so that's that's awesome we call that a well-oiled machine that accountant terms and, no those are gearhead terms <laughs> just for you come up here and diss me What's this I need one of us in yet so, uh, and, and here too, I want to make mention of this real fast. Um, if, if you have a need, if you have, your family has a need, or you run into a family who has a need, and they need food right then, 
like let's say they haven't had food, they don't have any food, they can't wait till a Wednesday, she's your girl. You know, she'll, she'll figure it out. You know, we, we'll put you in touch with her. I have texted her phone number out so many times to so many random people uh, over time. Uh, but uh, uh, we made this a priority of the church. If you, remember, if you were here long ago before the renovation and addition and all those things, uh, you know, the, the pantry was what used to be a bathroom, you know, back in this back It was far, a closet. It was, yeah, it was a back far corner. And it was very small. Uh, and I mean, we didn't know we were going to have a pantry. Just kind of somebody was like, hey, let's have a pantry. Okay, let's do it. So, and then, uh, you know, when we did all the renovation stuff, we, we were purposeful and let's give this the space that it needs to hold uh, a large amount of food, get more shelves. Uh, she's gotten grants to get these huge uh, freezers and refrigerators. That's and- another way that God provides is that when we, if we just have the thought, I think we need this, we should probably look into this, it comes to us. Like we got those, those beautiful refrigerators and freezers in there that are huge commercial size were grants from Second Harvest that came out of prayers that people spoke. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it all kind of comes back around to, you know, this thought of why. Why, why all the time? Why all the energy? Why, why do it, Right. And, uh, and I think my mind comes back to what happened after the feeding of the 5,000. After the feeding of the 5,000, if you go to the book of John, you will see that right after the feeding of the 5,000 is Jesus walking on water, or they go back across the sea in the storm, and Jesus goes out walking on the water. And then after that, the next morning, everybody, that, a lot of people that were a part of the crowd of the 5,000 that got fed by Jesus were they woke up, realized that Jesus wasn't there, realized the disciples weren't there, but they knew the disciples went on in their own boats. They're like, where's Jesus at? Well, of course, he just, you know, just walked on out there uh, and went to him. Uh, but then they, they themselves realized, well, he must have somehow gone too. So they all get in boats and they go across seeking out Jesus. And you come to this passage where they come and find Jesus and the disciples. And Jesus basically says to them, uh, well, you know, you guys are not here because you saw signs. You're, you're here because you got your belly full, you know, and, and you're seeking the wrong bread. And in John six forty seven, it says this, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died. This is the bread of that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. God gives people tangible needs sometimes so that He's giving us opportunities for us to minister to them, to take them the gospel, to be Jesus to them, to not just give them loaves of bread, but to give them the bread of life. The world doesn't need another Salvation Army. It needs Jesus. That's why. That's why we do this. That's why this is important to us. Uh, it, and, and, and at the bottom of every ministry that we do, that's, that's the reason why. And so today, I ask you, 
Do you know Jesus? Have you taken the bread of life? Only Jesus takes an ordinary day and makes it an extraordinary day through the video that you didn't need to see and through the needs that God puts in front of us when oftentimes we're so busy, tired, hungry, but then he puts that seed of compassion in our heart for us to ask him, God, what are you doing in us? Jesus had compassion on them. I want to pray today over this ministry, the mission of 24, and over Gina and her team, and for those who maybe have not found Jesus yet. Maybe today is the day for you. Let's pray together. God, we come to you today, and we ask, Lord, for you to continue to use Gina and these teams of people to do great things for your kingdom. Lord, to provide opportunities, Lord, for others to receive food that they need. Lord, not just the bread that we eat, but literally the bread of life. God, I pray that you would be with them and use them for your glory. God, I pray that you would use us as a church, Lord, that we would be faithful in following you and that you would continue to sow seeds of compassion in our hearts, Lord, to follow you and minister to the people that you've put around us. God, I pray, Lord, that as we clip those things out and put them away and ask you to do something, God, I pray that you would convict our hearts to be the ones to do it. God, I pray for anyone that's here today, Lord, that hasn't trusted in you, that hasn't taken of the bread of life, who's never experienced having Christ as their Savior. God, I pray that today that you would show them their need for Jesus. And God, I pray that they would trust in you today. Lord, help their unbelief. Give them everything they need, Lord, to take the step of faith and trusting in you. God, pray, I pray today for us as a church. Lord, lead us and guide us in these things that they may be for you and your kingdom. May you be glorified in them. We ask this today in your name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you would like to talk about that, I'll be in the foyer right now.